When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is the Best Hang Podcast featuring Max Kerman, Shane Cunningham, and I am Mike Bierman. Here's a secret you can pass it around. Here's a secret you can pass it around. My head in the clouds and two feet on the ground. Here's a secret you can pass it around. All right. Welcome to the Best Hang Podcast. We got Max, we got Shane, and I am Mike. Fellas, what's going on? Exciting times. We're all, actually, none of us are, actually, Shane and I are in the same city, but we're not at the office right now. Max, you're not in Toronto right now. You are on tour across the country. I'm in a hotel room in uh, Calgary right now. And uh, yeah, bright and early here in in Western Canada. And uh, yeah, it's good. The tour's been great. We, um, we played like four very different shows or three different shows. We played Winnipeg in the hockey arena there, which was a big thing. And then we played uh, Saskatoon, a surprise club show for like 250 people. And then we played like a convention center room in Grand Prairie, um, which was sort of like an in-between size shows. And then we did uh, Rogers Arena in Vancouver uh, two nights ago. And uh, it was I, – I didn't know – I don't know what our ticket sales are really ever because I, I don't know if our listeners know this, but I'm very dialed in on most aspects of, of the band's operation. But when it comes to ticket sales, I'm terrified to know what the ticket sales are because mm-hmm. it only depresses me. I learned this 12 years ago that when you there is this metric that is used in the music industry that instead of telling you how many tickets you've sold, they just say the percentage of the room that is sold. So mm. let's say so let's say you're trying to sell let's say the venue was 100,000 people and then you, and you sell a measly 32,000 tickets. 
you you like, well, you've only sold 32 percentage. The venues, the, the event is 32% sold. And you see 32% sold and you're like, I'm a failure. This is what Chris Martin might, must feel like sometimes. If he's like trying to sell a lot of tickets in Pittsburgh, he's even told a story like this. And uh, where it's like, well, I guess I'm a failure. I've only sold 32%. That's a failing rate if you were in school. Um, but in reality, you sold 32,000 tickets, which is crazy. So I don't know what amount of tickets we've ever sold. But then yesterday at the airport, Tony said, oh, we sold, um, you know, a thousand more tickets than the last time we played in Vancouver. I was like, oh, that's amazing. So you're doing well. That's good. Yeah. I mean, so far, I mean, the state of the industry on the live side is in peril in many ways. And it's some musicians are talking about it. Um, You know, for instance, Animal Collective. What do you mean? For other musicians are in peril, not you. Oh, sure. We're going to talk about it. On this podcast, we, uh, we peel back the curtain. Yeah, we, we exactly. And I'd say that um, we are acutely aware of just um, how much traffic there is out there uh, on the road right now, how expensive things are. People talk about inflation and the war in Ukraine and all this other stuff as it relates to like uh, the after effects in every industry. And in live music, every band was trying to tour for two years. And then so then when the doors were open, everybody went on tour and concert buyers have to choose. Do I go to, you know, three, you know, smaller shows or do I buy one Red Hot Chili Peppers concert? And uh, most people are going to the Red Hot Chili Peppers concert. So the, the, the top mm, 0.1 percent. It's a great show. Percent, it's a it great a good show. show. But with inflation, that. it's hard to give it away now. Got to hold on to those dollars. <laughs> <laughs> but you can't stop because you are addicted to the shindig. So you have to give it. <laughs> <laughs> or you're going to end up under the bridge. Under the bridge. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. Um, so, um, so we're working really hard to, to try to make the most of these shows and, um, yeah, we're really proud of it. It's been, it's been good. So anyway, we play Calgary, Edmonton, actually Edmonton, we're dressing up for Halloween, uh, the whole band and Ooh. horns. You guys are, have done this before. Didn't we like, mm-hmm. I feel like we walked through, like maybe this was a couple of years ago. We walked through maybe your outfit. The trick is what are you going to do? Right. Because, oh, yeah. uh, pre- previous years we, when we were opening for Frank Turner, we dressed up like Frank Turner and the sleeping souls, which is just like wearing a suit, like a dress shirt and a tie, basically, uh, not that hard previous to that. We, d- we dressed up as lights when we were touring with lights back in 2010. We all like looked like lights, which was fun. Um, a couple of years ago, we played in Banff and I don't even remember what I was Steel dressed up Fist? as. See, I think this was the one, I think I remember something about this where you pitched ideas on this podcast for what you would wear. But I guess the big question is, what are you doing this year? We're all going as rock stars and we're not dressing up as ourselves. All right. We're dressing up as famous rock stars. Is from the anyone going to do like the, the talking heads, giant suit shoulders? Oh, that's a good idea. Actually. You're I welcome. don't know if anybody's playing. So You're I think gonna I can talk David about David Bowie for sure though, right? No, no. by the time this comes out, uh, the, the costumes will have been revealed, but I am going as Elvis. Um, oh, right. Somebody I got saw the, the new Baz suit. Lerman film. I actually haven't yet, but no, maybe I should I to, get to, lot, to get into it. No, a, a lot of weird choices in that film, uh, you know, uh, just stylistically, which Baz is kind of does. We don't have to get into it, but it's a, should it's I watch a, it as a, as film. a sort of preparation for the, for the role on Saturday? At the, at the show. Are you going as sexy Elvis though, or later in the career Elvis? <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, Shane? I think knowing mm-hmm. Max, you're going to go as sexy Elvis. <laughs> yes, yes, correct. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, Mike is going to be Santana. Mike D is going to be Carl Santana with the mustache, like 70s Santana. I think Mike Veerman could mm. do a good Santana too. I got right now, I kind of yeah. with the long hair and the toque. I feel like I just need to pick up an, one of those electric guitars. You need a mustache too. With a, 
Rob Fuck, Thomas. Actually, uh, I, that reminded me. I have to remind the band that we're we're gonna play smooth. I think the the goal is to play smooth at the concert. <laughs> Can't go wrong with that song. That's really funny. Where yeah. were we? Where uh, that yeah. song was on repeat. The bit we were at, we were glamping with all of our partners and our families. And the bit is, I guess Ashley Leggett, who's married to our friend Peak. I guess the, the joke is it's that song is like the bane of her existence. So at, once people get drunk enough and Julian gets a hold of the D like the, the, the Bluetooth, <laughs> he just plays it on repeat. <laughs> so the minute the song stops, it's like, <laughs> and by like the 12th time, it becomes really funny. Cause you're just drunk. And Cause it is such yeah. a great song, but it can blend into the background where you don't even notice it's on. <laughs> yes. But once you notice that that bit is going on, it just becomes hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> It reminds me of a funny story. Back in the early days of the band, uh, we were being um, re- like tr- we were we were being chased after by a bunch of screaming our people oh. to to sign yeah. no no to, to sign us to a record deal. And this is like one of the big major labels in New York, and the one guy sort of like claimed to fame who was like really a, kind of a big shot. And that, that just kept on coming up because this guy has had and continues to have a very like illustrious career as a music executive. But the thing that people kept on t- telling us was like, this guy, he did smooth. Okay. This guy did San- you know that Santana oh. record. And you know, it's like 13 <laughs> Grammys. That's this guy right here. That, that, th- that's who you're getting into business with, but it's just like a very funny reference. <laughs> and I think one of my favorite, uh, Onion headlines of all time is, uh, which will not be funny as I read it here. Uh, it's from 2013, and the headline is uh, Santana and Rob Thomas is smooth sweeps Grammy awards for 13th year in a row. <laughs> <That's funny. laughs> that is good. Um, so yeah, we got to learn what that. Do you song. think so- was a bigger song in its moment, that or Who Bestanks the Reason? Oh, I think is smooth. That, okay. You think smooth? Yes. Yeah, and who mistakes the reason? Like, I don't, I didn't like that song when it happened, and I don't think it holds up now either. Like, do people like that song? Like, but I think people can, does. Yeah, saying. I think people genuinely can be like, this song is a little hokey, but it's kind of great. Whereas the reason is like kind of grating on the ears, and I think it's it always has been. Yeah, the 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 reason Man. was like a moment. We're smooth. Was yeah, like it's like <laughs> still good now. Yeah, it's forever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Speaking. <laughs> Um, speaking of that, you know, the, the, when we were young festival, uh, that happened last weekend. And I think the first day got, uh, weathered out, right? Like there was like a windstorm or something Wind yeah. or something. It's like an emo festival. Yeah. Is what you're talking about. So it was like every great emo yeah. band from the two thousands, uh, was playing. Do you guys like any of that music? Like what? Like, what, like it's follow up boy emo. Yeah. Or are we talking like, I like let's look we... at some of the bands on the bill. Yeah. Let's look at the bands on the bill. When we were young, young fest. festival. Okay, yeah, it's a crazy tour poster. Uh, My Chemical Romance, Paramore, Bring Me the Horizon, um, A Day just to Remember. Green Day, Blink-182, no, 30 no, no, Seconds that, that, No, no, that, that's next year. They just announced next year already. Oh, you're, oh, that's what I'm at. Good call. So, All right, so keep so going. The, yeah, My Chemical Romance, Paramore, AFI, The Use, Bring Me the Horizon, Taking Back Sunday, Dashboard Confessional, Alkaline Trio, Day to Remember, All American Rejects, May Day Parade, Avril Lavigne, Bright Eyes, Jimmy Eat World, Anne Berlin, um, you know, Paris, We the Kings, Acceptance, Senses Fail, so these are – do you guys want to go to that festival? I, I could go. Okay. I'm not going out of my way. Yeah. But if I was there, I know the big hit from each one of those bands you listed. Mm-hmm. You'd probably have a good time. But did, did those bands mean anything to me? No. 
Yeah. Like I, I feel no, but I know certain people feel such an affinity for my chemical romance or Paramore. Like those bands mean something to people. I am not those people, but to Shane's point, if for some reason Maxie was like, Hey, we got a VIP. Do you want to come? I guarantee I would have a fun time. So it's like, yeah, it's entertaining. And the all American rejects, I genuinely did like their singles. That band. I actually, I was like, I would have them on my shuffle on my old, my original iPod. Yeah. I my love red iPod. All American rejects. And I went to Speaking yeah, some of, concerts. Speaking of all American rejects, I have had to have a chat with director Mark Myers because every time we're tossing around ideas, <laughs> music videos, it's like, it's like always an all American reject video. It's like, Mark, you are so t- endlessly talented. I think your tastes are perfect. All I want to do is work with you. You're not helping the cause when I'm trying to sell the idea to everybody else when your only reference is move along. All <laughs> yes. <of my> career. <laughs> it is a great video, though. It's it just a there's video. a human element that you got to realize that there, uh, that time period has passed. <laughs> and you got to find a new reference that was inspired by move along. That's not move along. I've literally had to pull Mark aside being like, Mark, you have to shut the fuck up about all American rejects. Every fucking meeting we're ever in it's just all american rejects over and over and over again but um yeah i mean in terms of these bands here's here's my take is that there's some i'm not going to mention any by name good or bad that i genuinely love that that you know i would be more than excited to to, to catch their set i'd say a large majority i'd want to kind of kill myself there's really? so much parts of the scene <laughs> that's that, that i would just be like oh this is just like and even like so much of the affectation in the music and the style and the production well, quality, it's just boy. like, it's just too much. I don't know. I do like that. I like that song. No, that song's great. That's what I like that song. But there is a suburban, um, 2000s American angst to some of this music and, and the way they speak and the guitar tones and, and then the metaphors and the lyrics, which I just think are not for me. Do you like I, Tom DeLonge? I do like Tom DeLonge. Yeah, because he's kind of distilled the what you're talking about. Yeah, so I know isn't that weird? Well, we talked about this like whiny, new- like whiny delivery. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah. You know, it's the, like the, addicting though. Yeah, the musical uh, tree that we talked about. It's like what branches yeah. of the musical tree? So it's like I love Blink One Eighty Two. I'm going to go to their concert. I think those three guys are an amazing unit together. All the stuff, all the people that tried to copy Blink One Eighty Two for the most part are not good, for the most part. Yeah. Um, you like Tom DeLonge, do, but do you believe in aliens? <laughs> no. Uh, you have I? to believe in aliens, though. Just maybe not in the form that Tom is saying, where they're kind of like humanoidy and they're going to like yeah. destroy you believe, us. Okay. So, yeah, I'm not talking about like, like an organism on Mars. Do you believe, Max, that sentient aliens are mobile in the universe and maybe have visited this planet? I don't think they've visited yet, but they're probably kicking out there. Interesting. Shane? Yeah. I think they might have visited. Like in the history yeah. of time, in the history of Earth, the odds yeah. would suggest that something's visited here. I would think maybe if we're that's just how doing scientific odds. You know, maybe that's how all the different various creatures got here in the first place. It's so funny when people laugh at this stuff, though, because what are we doing here? Like being here is the weirdest thing in the world. So I find it funny when people think that people who believe in aliens are strange when we're every day doing the strangest things imaginable speaking of being here great still song now that is a generation of indie rock that i would like to go to a concert like that if you're a listener and you haven't listened to the stills just pause the podcast right now fire up your spotify your apple music whatever you listen to and listen to being here by the stills it's a banger yeah i was talking to somebody recently it's like that band should have been a lot bigger but yeah great songs um yeah what would be your um let, let's go through this, Shane. If you were to be like, I'm going to pick 
an all day music festival. You don't have to populate a tour, like a poster, like the way that we were young festival did, but pick like seven bands. You'd be like, this is the Shane, Shane of Palooza. What would it be? Okay. Modest Mouse. Really like that. Modest yeah. Mouse. Interesting. Oh yeah. You love them. You've seen them live a bunch. Yeah, I've, I've seen them live? probably the same amount of time I've seen All American Rejects. So, uh, but yeah, I probably I like them more uh, than All American Rejects. Okay, Modest Mouse, Kings of Leon. Whew. See, I, I liked Bright Eyes for a bit too, which that's a little cringy to some people. No, Bright okay. Eyes holds up. Those are timeless. Like I'm Wide Awake, It's Morning. That album, mm-hmm. top to bottom, yes. every song is. Okay, good. Because I was a little yeah. shy to say that. Um, no, no, no. <laughs> can, can it be someone who's not alive? No. Okay, well, not gonna, alive. It has to be a plausible tour. Okay. Um, okay. Who do I like? I'm trying to. I'm not a big music person, and that's embarrassing for me too. Um, Jesus, I can't even think of bands that exist. And we said alive. <laughs> Jesus isn't available. <laughs> um. All right, Mike, you go. Yeah, you go, Mike. You You might inspire me. This will be even more embarrassing. I just feel like because, you know, like the old story that like you basically your musical tastes get like crystallized at a certain point Mm -hmm. in your life. Like the funnest tour for me would just be like, honestly, the most catchy music. Like, honestly, give me like, (laughs) this is going to be, this is not cool. But like, honestly, give me the Strokes, Foo Fighters, Coldplay, Red Hot Chili Peppers. Give me just like top 40 radio from a certain time. Throw Oasis on that bill. Strokes, Throw, you yes. know what I mean? The like, Strokes and Oasis. Yeah, man. That's like, great. Post Malone, I would also like. They get, mm. yeah, like they bring me a lot of joy. And so it's like, they're just so many hits. Like if each song came out and only did six or each band came out and only did six songs, they would be like, they'd be bangers and throw no doubt on there. I don't care. Like, it's just like, do you have a big catalog? Is it going to be fun? You know? And then also like, I mean, truly, like the best festival would be like something like a Live Aid that has like all these mm. like class, like Elton, uh, McCartney, like a Stones, like a SARS yeah. Fest sort of deal. But yeah, if we're like, what's plausible or not plausible? I mean, the big bands are big bands. But yeah, I, I my answer is probably a little like obvious. Max, what would your ideal There's tour be if you're There's a good tweet, by the way. They're like, is the music that I love like actually good or is it just stuff that I listen to between the ages of 12 to 19 years old or something like, mm-hmm. which I think there's some truth to that. Um, 100%. So, I mean, okay, you listed some there already. So like Killers, Coldplay, McCartney would Killers, probably get one. to headline. Um, I would do Bruno, Bruno Mars for sure with oh, An- Anderson Pack. Um Beyonce would, would get would get in there. I mean um, – What about Taylor Swift? The, Oh, Taylor Swift's a great one. Um, it would actually be more fun even to sort of like outline the the the, the venue and the, the the time that the performer is on. So, for instance, like the Constantines, nobody really cares about the Constantines. They play the after show party at a club, so we'd go there afterward, right? Like that would be kind of interesting. And like Ben Folds Five, and would also play the club night afterward, the big festival, because you don't necessarily want the Constantines or Ben Folds Five you know, on the same stage as the Taylor Swift is rocking, but you, I want to see them and they're playing the late night set. Um, yeah. In terms of other nostalgic stuff that is important to me. Um, I, you, you're not wrong though, Mike. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Killers. Uh, who else would there be? Killers is a I good one. I, I didn't Jay-Z. think of that one. They'd be really fun to see. Oh, Jay-Z. Uh, yeah. Ch- uh, Chance a rapper. If he did coloring book. No. Yeah. If he did, yeah, it was coloring book. Yeah, that's his yes. big one. He really dropped uh, off, eh? Remember you yeah, love Chance? Much. I know. Do you still love I him? Love yeah. Chance. I, I love, I do think he's uh, a singular talent, 
but he hasn't really been delivering much lately. Um, so uh, I kind of yearn for the sort of, I don't know, work ethic or focus or something that he seemed to have on the first few records that has seemingly, seemingly fall, uh, fallen off lately. If, but I don't know. If you get like the, the the five best anthemic Weezer songs and you're the right Ooh. amount of drunk, it's like just screaming, if you want to destroy my sweater or say it ain't so, like that's that hits you oh, right in the, the chest. Great call. Weezer yeah. is a great call for mm-hmm. me. Have you guys both seen Taylor Swift live? Yes, I did. That was Lucy's I, first concert. Yeah. Oh, it's so been a while. Kind of recently. Yeah, I saw her early, like like Romeo Juliet, like the record after the Romeo Juliet record. Uh, Danica and I went to the Scotia Bank, and it was an interesting um, contrast or juxtaposition because with the week or two before we'd gone and seen No Doubt, No Doubt was doing some like reunion tour, mm-hmm. and for them, like again, No Date, like No Doubt, legit has like ten hits that you would know if you go. So we go to that show at the ACC at the time. And they just have kind of like a basic stage. They roll out, no outfit. They just come out and they might as well be playing like a club. They just, they basically do their songs. Kind of like how we talked about what Rage did recently. You know, no, they just kind of came out. They did their thing. They said goodnight. They left. Then uh, a week later we saw Taylor and this was probably like her second big tour maybe, but she had like a fucking, she was in a basket that was descending from the roof across like the crowd. And there was like 10 like stage changes and it felt like this huge thing and costumes. You're just like, Oh, it's so interesting how different artists approach the circus because obviously Taylor's show is going to cost vastly more money. I would think to put on in every city, right? There's way more moving parts. It's like more elaborate. Whereas like, no doubt it's kind of like, let's just roll up with the bus and the, the truck just plop the stage down and just, yeah, Max is doing the money sign right now. He's rubbing his, his thumbs <laughs> and, and fingers together. <laughs> That's a hundred percent what it was. It was probably like a couple of the guys and no doubt were like, Gwen, we really need to do this tour. Could you please, we got families. She's like, all right, I'll do one like 48 city tour. And then, and by the way, they haven't done one since then. That was like mm-hmm. more than 10 years ago. So it's like, it is interesting though, to see how different bands do it. Yeah. That's interesting that you say that because, uh, I like to think that our Kells for like where we're at, um, really go above and beyond and trying to like invest in the show and hoping that that will make sure that people come back to the next one. Like it's a very like long game plan for us where it's just like, let's not cheap out on anything. We don't need cheap out on because it would be easy in some cases to be like, well, let's just throw up, you know, um, one of those banners, right? Yeah. One of those bands just like have a banner and, and I get it. And you, oftentimes you just have to put up a banner cause that's where you're at. But we were like, okay, we're going to make a lot less money, but we're going to like have this crazy light show. We're going to have a catwalk and we're going to have all these different moving parts that require more crew, more production, et cetera. But I, and I always wonder, I'm like, are we like trying too hard? Like, do people even care or notice that like the show you're seeing tonight you know, is trying to compete with a big show and it's not yeah, like the other smaller stuff that, you know, you know, and I so think they uh, notice int- even if they don't realize they notice just subconsciously, yeah. you're, you can't put your finger on it. You're just like, these guys are amazing live. Everyone who sees Arkell says that, right? Yeah. Well, I like to think so. So hopefully that's true. Um, but yeah, but one day, I guess, you know, when, uh, when you see our Kells roll up with just like a banner and like three lights, yeah. you're like, oh, they're, they're cashing in now. <laughs> well, it's smart yeah. to, you know, get that huge audience. So then when you do phone it in, you can really cash out. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That no doubts to it. Or what they did <laughs> exactly. a decade yeah. ago. Have um, you guys listened to the new Taylor record? Yeah. I uh, just listened to the whole album. I went on a run before we recorded this. Give us your thoughts. I think... It's it's interesting because I know people are considering this to be the best album since 1989 or potentially even better. That's what I've read. And it seems like this is her greatest selling album or something. I was, Prez Hilton was just saying it was or something. 
Uh, but it doesn't seem like there's a, a hit that is the definitive banger on this album. All the songs are from good to really good, but they do somewhat sound alike, the song. So I'm having trouble discerning which song is which. And I'm like, what's that song that I liked better than this one? Oh, this is it. Nope, that's not it. Oh, this is it. So yeah. <laughs> I am flipping around trying to find a certain part to a song that I like, but they are all so similar. So I wonder what's better because... 1989, that had blank space on it, right? Yeah. Which is probably one of the best songs ever. But then it kind of makes the rest of the album look like shit. Shane, do you think blank space gets in like a Rolling Stone top 100 songs of all time? I'm I'm genuinely asking. I'm not being I'm not trying to be facetious. Like I'm serious because it's a great song. Yeah, I don't I wouldn't think you're being facetious. But if it didn't, I think it might be because the song it's too recent. It might need about five or ten more years because the perception might be that the fan base is just like screaming girls right now, which I, I know she has a lot of fans, but that might be the perception that uh, isn't looked at as cool by these Rolling Stone writers. I know another band that started out with a bunch of young females as their fans, and that band's called The Beatles. Mm-hmm. Uh, Max, do you think Blank Space is Taylor's favorite song or best song? Sorry. Yeah, but but, but uh, it, it's up. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Let, Matt, let Shane finish. I just cut him off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but the the Beatles cross every audience that you could have. Now Taylor has a wide audience. I think yeah, she does. Yeah, I also Everyone wonder if in their Taylor. own. In their own time, in 1968, if the Beatles were, I'm sure there was a section of people like, oh, the fucking Beatles. Like, there's always going to be a group of people that don't like whatever's popular, whether it's the Beatles or the Eagles or Michael Jackson or Madonna. But then with time, people then go back and I guess the certain stuff, you know what I mean? That's it. So maybe maybe Taylor in time will also be seen as something more than, you know, a pop star in this moment. Um, I don't know. Do you think her music, it's a good question. Is her music considered like on a level with like some of the greatest of all time? You know what I mean? I think like, so. Yeah, I think so. She must be, right? Some, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, she is known first and foremost as an excellent songwriter. Like yeah. it's not it's, it's not just her celebrity or her fashion or her like tabloid stuff. It's like, no, no. Like she she wrote Love Story. Like Love Story is a timeless song and is one of the best pop songs ever written, I think. Three billion um, views yeah. Blank Space has on YouTube. Three bill. Yeah, I mean, um, I, th- I I think a lot of music journalism uh, is really dumb and stupid and misses the point. And like, and a lot of music journalists are like talking to their ass and like should be just going to get a job as a real journalist doing like real reporting <laughs> on stuff. <laughs> wow, shots fired. But I will say, uh, New York Times podcast just came out and did a whole hour on the new Taylor record. And if you're into Taylor Swift um, journalism, they really nail it on this. Uh, well, give pop- us a summary. Well, basically, um, I think a lot of her albums have been a reaction to the last thing that she did, which I like. This one seems to recycle on a production level uh, older ideas. So it's not really like pushing new ground. And I think that's what made 1989 so spectacular. The first time you hear Blank Space, you're like, what is like this Mm -hmm. is hitting me over the head. Uh, The first time I heard Shake It Off, I was like. This is crazy. And it's crazy because it like delivered those transcendent pop musical moments in each section of the song. It's like, and everything was perfect, uh, but also cool as hell. So it's like the precision and nice to meet you. Dun, dun, dun. I can't tell you a million. Dun. There's like, there's just a perfectness to each part of each song that you get on 1989, uh, which doesn't really exist on 
a lot of the later stuff. You get it on Delicate, for instance, like Delicate on Reputation. I think that's a perfect, another perfect pop song. And I think one of the things that why artists are attracted to working with Jack Antonoff is that he is less concerned about the perfect nature of the phrasing or, you know, is the melody like soaring exactly the way it should be? And I think he's more interested in like, is does it feel cool? Uh, is it being true to what the artist wants to say? Can we lean into quirkiness um, that, that makes things original uh, in a way that is less formulaic, quote unquote formulaic, that you'd hear in like a Max Martin production? So I think for like Taylor Swift or Lana Del Rey or St. Vincent, it's like working with Jack probably feels more like an authentic experience of who they are because they don't have these like militant pop producers going, eh, you could fix that part or mm, that word feels a little funny to hear. Let's switch the word. So I think there's something as an artist that maybe feels more genuine to Taylor with some of this later stuff. This I'm, I'm speculating here, obviously. Um, but, and, and as a result, it's, I think a lot more left of center and, and left of center stuff, by the way, can be um, groundbreaking stuff. Like I think when, when artists go for left to summer stuff, they're, they're creating new paths that, and they're, they're starting new trends. Um, but I don't know if it's delivering the transcendent pop thing that we, we like about blank space or shake it off or delicate or any of those other songs. Really taking this music thing seriously, eh, Max? <laughs> it's like when you hear an actor pontificating, you know, on his... <laughs> <laughs> for our listeners uh, i was um i was making fun of actors who talk about their craft a lot and then i got um and then i and i've been writing these longer posts on arkel's instagram about like behind the scenes of pulling back the curtain of the process and i just got a screenshot of the of the post from Shane going, this sounds like an actor talking about his craft. No, what I did was I said, I didn't read this, but Popola sent this to me. <laughs> I said, I didn't read it, but I'm assuming it's a, a callback to you on the the podcast. Cause pops <laughs> listens now. Um, I'd like to think I, that yeah. you were inspired by Shane and I sort of elaborating on our experience. And then you felt inspired to then elaborate on your sort of the way the music made you feel. Yeah, there's a bit of that. Uh, Tegan and Sarah do this a lot too. They're mm. really good at like talking about what they're up to. Mm. So, and I think it, I think people it's fun get to make more fun. drawn. <laughs> of course, of course. <laughs> yeah. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. 
Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Uh, Mikey, what do you think of the Taylor uh, Taylor arc? Uh, I don't know if you've listened to this record. But I haven't. Do, do any, okay, do any of the things I just said ring true or make sense? I know, Mike, yes. you are a songwriter yourself, <laughs> uh, but I wasn't sure. Like, does, does, does that articulation make for, sense? For me, what... I think it does make sense. And what I notice is I'm a type of person. I, if the song is so good, I'll listen to it on repeat a hundred times. And I didn't have that quality on the Taylor Swift album. Now, maybe the latest one, maybe it's a grower and maybe I'll listen to this on runs and runs and runs. And one song one day will just stand out. But on a first listen, that's how you really know you have a, a hit album. If you're doing that on three or four tracks where you're just hitting repeat and listening to it 20 times in a row. And it didn't have that for mm. me. There's, there was no. That's kind of like the simplified version of what you said. Sorry, Mike. What'd you say? I was just gonna say there's, there's, no, there's, no, there's no smooth on this record. <laughs> <laughs> no, smooth was a grower though for me too. Smooth Ooh. is one of those songs. That, that's what I'm saying. There might be a smooth on this album, but like, who let the dogs out? Just punches you in the face or Mr. Brightside. <laughs> the the ultimate grower for me, like I find artist wise, I think I've talked about on this podcast before, but is Drake. Mm. I never get Drake's music mm. the first couple times. I'm like, what? I'm like, really? And then literally within like a week, I'm like, hotline bling. And I'm just like, the guy's a genius. But I never fucking get it at first. I'm always like, really? I, I'm like, that's the hook. That's the music. It feels so minimalist. I'm like, that's the beat. And then inevitably a weaker. And I'd never know if it's like, did he get me through repetition? Yeah. Or is it actually mm. that yeah, good? Yeah. Am I just hearing in every Uber and in every club? And I'm yes. like, now I love it. No, he's got, I think it's a bit of that, but he's got sneaky hooks, right? Like, like, yeah. and he's sneakily funny and clever in a way that maybe doesn't grab you the first time. For me, yeah. it was just to prove that I'm a hundred years old. It was sexy back when that came out. That was the song <laughs> yes. that it was just so strange to everyone and then it all of a sudden became like an undeniable obvious hit that's a good one that's a good one because it was yeah because it's like mm -hmm. it's like what's timberlake doing like it's like you know what i mean like yeah because the first one that that felt like a conventional uh, hit. i can't yeah, remember the name uh, of the song do you guys remember I the one that i'm trying to love it right um, it's like a Sp kind of spanish that's, that's i just want to learn and then, and that's not that's not what it's called Dun, dun, dun. Yes. Yeah, I know the song you're talking about, though. Yeah, and it had like that, like, th like there was a bunch of songs around that time. I think like Timbaland produced them all, but they yes. all had that same beat. And the other thing, actually, I think it's worth noting about the Taylor stuff too is that she might go, "Listen, I can, I know I can do that. I know I can write a perfect pop song. I've done it two dozen times already. Like, I don't need to keep delivering that up. I think part of growing as an artist is like not going back to the same bag of tricks. So in her like weird run-on sentences and kind of odd oddly shaped pop music that she she's putting out in this record she might go like hey listen you're gonna thank me because in two months i'm gonna be the new sexy back where you guys kind of maybe thought it was a little strange at first and then it turned out i was a genius because i'm actually forging a new path so time will tell time will tell yeah this happened to me with i think you should leave season two where it didn't grab me the way season one did instantly and now I think I like season two of I Think You Should Leave better mm. than season one. You know what's cool, by the way? Um, the new Arctic Monkeys record is awesome. And I highly recommend you listen to it in the mornings while you're like doing work. It's awesome, amazing cinematic background music, but in the best, coolest possible way. Like Alex Turner has so much swagger and the mm -hmm. lyrics are cool. But the production, it sounds like... 
it's like out of some like 70s out of like 70s sort of like romance yeah. drama or something it is so and it does the first listen you're like huh I kind of want like a big riff, like Are You Mine or something like that. You're not getting any of that on the record, but you are getting a, a vibe. fucking vibe. It is. Do you agree, Shane? Have you listened to it? I've heard, I, I've listened to a little bit of it. Somebody, I think one of our writers from our show, uh, Jeff De Silva, put up a track and was just saying how amazing it was. And I listened to 30 seconds, but it felt like a vibe, like a very cool vibe. So mm-hmm. like you're saying, I wanted to be doing something like walking and pretending I'm in a music video or in my kitchen, like you're saying, because yeah. what you're doing while you're listening does matter and where you mm-hmm. are. Yeah. Oh, totally. Speaking of that, actually, I, I want to give a shout out to myself. Um, mm-hmm. I, <laughs> I, um, Mike Pesca, who's one of hosts, one of my favorite podcasts, the gist, he started a second podcast called not even mad. And it is an interview. It's a debate show. He's got, he's in the middle. There's somebody more left leaning, some more right leaning and they argue with each other, but it's called not even mad because they really like arguing with each other where as opposed to most political conversations, people are like genuinely pissed off each other. These people are genuinely delighted to dig into the conversation. Anyway, he asked if I could do a theme song for it. And I've never really done a theme song that wasn't, that was just instrumental music. Cause obviously I've done a theme song for the dessert, yes. uh, but that's, that's sort of like a more of a straightforward pop song. So I was like, what are my favorite theme songs? I like, um, the New York times, the daily theme. That is good. Yeah. Really good. I like, uh, <laughs> was that accurate? It. No, you know, you. It. You I know, don't you know, know it, but it just looked funny. Um, Um, I like um, Succession's theme song I think that's an amazing theme I love House of Cards That theme song If you can remember that one I can't remember Um, Mike Yeah no, <laughs> I don't remember the House of Cards. There's a th- there's the, the score for The Leftovers is incredible. There's a show called The Leftovers on HBO. It only ran for three seasons, like a Damon Lindelof show. But uh, that score is like incredible. But it's very pensive. It's very like it's like somber and like or but it's like it's a cool cool score. But I feel like so many shows have copied it since that show came out ten years ago. But anyway, go on. No, well, so then I was thinking, I was like, okay, I've never really like scored anything before, but I was like, I could try. Like, how hard could it be? And actually, I, I tweeted about this the other day, but I was like, the thing I love about the Beatles and McCartney is that like they're not musically trained. They just like like stuff and they're like, oh, we can do that. Like, they're very fearless about like, because they come up with all these crazy chord progressions and key changes and stuff at like the age of 23. I'm like, how are you guys yeah. doing this? And they just kind of went, well, we just did it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? It's like, well, that chord just kind of sounded nice going to there. And you can get there if you just go da 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 da. It's just like they just did it. And yeah. so I was like, oh. And, and so that uh, I'm not comparing myself to them, obviously, but just the attitude of it is so inspiring because it's like, well, I don't know how to play cello or I, I don't know how to score musical notes or any of that stuff, but I do know kind of what I like to hear. So on the piano, I kind of wrote down like a composition and I brought it to Derek Hoffman, our producer. I was like, okay, I think it starts with like a cello maybe. I think let's pull up a cello sound. Dun, 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 dun. Okay, I think that works. And then I started adding chords, but like, okay, let's let's not make those a piano. Let's make those like horns. What kind of horns are just kind of asking a lot of questions? Like, oh, what about like just horn names? I don't even know the names of the horns. But I'm like, oh, I think that's kind of what sounds yeah, I'm like. I'm just feeling what, what a little horny. Let's just get some on I'm it. feeling yeah. a little horny. Yeah. And I then didn't it's like, want okay, to take was... it, Mike, but uh, you did. I, I did <laughs> I'm it. I'm glad it was you there. did. <laughs> <laughs> 
and then there's like this flourish part that happens as sort of like the crescendo of the theme. And I was like, okay, let's add some strings. And like, what is those like orchestral drums called? He's like timpani. I'm like, yeah, let's, I think a timpani. Like, add, let's add that in. But I was like, I want it to be a little bit more modern, uh, uh, like um, Trent Reznor. You know how he always adds like kind of electronic beats to it. Mm-hmm. So he threw that in there. I was like, and I want to make it a little gnarlier in the chorus. So let's add electric guitar. That's like 53 seconds of like, oh, and so I, and so I was like, I, it needs to be fun. The music needs to be fun, and that, but there also needs to be a little bit of tension because you're arguing, mm. right? Yeah. So, and then, I, and then also, I was like, "What if? What, what if it? What if it? Like, it starts with a knock on the door because you're going to a dinner party, which is a little hokey, mm. but I was like, eh, let's try it. Let's hear it. Yeah, play we got to play it. Oh, I mean, I could, uh, I could show it to you guys. awesome nice man does he make any changes when he sends it or is he just like this is great um actually he got rid of um the doorbell i was gonna say i was gonna say i bet he gets rid of the doorbell he got rid of the doorbell but we just kept the knock yeah um but yeah otherwise i think that's about it i think yeah it's one of those compositions too that's like super cool because it's like at first you're going oh strings interesting you know it's almost like uh English or something like it's mm-hmm. like a, like a Down Abbey, but then it's like, but then when you hear the voice over it, and then it kicks into the more electronic stuff, you go, oh, this is gonna be one of those things that like for people listening to the pod, it just becomes such a signature thing, and mm-hmm. yeah, it's a it's a cool piece of music. Very cool. Well, I, you know, thank you. And I, what I was just want to do is just like a great theme song gets you so incredibly pumped up to hang with that vibe, whatever that vibe is. Yeah. So it's like with the New York times, the daily, it's like, Oh, I just like, I'm so excited to get into this show or a succession. You get high listening to that mm-hmm. song or curb right? like, your enthusiasm. It can make you laugh just hearing that song. Just hearing it. It is so fucking special. If you can sort of like lean into what the vibe of it, which is why, and I think I'm in the minority here because I've tweeted about this and people do not agree with me. I, and by the way, I am uh, uh, the biggest fan of this show. And this person, in a funny way, means so much to me in that he has comforted me in times of stress and chaos in my life where I can just listen to him talk about basketball for the last 10 or 12 years of my life. I love I love this person. But I hate Bill Simmons's Pearl Jam intro. I think it's so... <laughs> fucking trash and it and i and i don't think it sets the tone in a fun way what wow. what do you think mike i like i hate it so much but i love bill simmons i think it's weird i think about it it's one of those ones i think about it when i am listening just and why he made that choice why he yeah. made that choice because he like, he's a gen xer who likes yeah. pearl jam that's it i think in his mind too i'm not a pearl jam guy so like that song does nothing i didn't know the song before it was his theme song but it's it's kind of got like one of those like 
it's like it's kind of like a shitty version of uh, thunderstruck like i think he's trying to do a sports thing where it kind of like gets you pumped like you know like thunderstruck is like uh like uh, thunder and that's that's not this i know it's not that but i think it's like his weird like i know but it kind of has a pulsating thing right like it kind of has like a rush i know i listen i agree it's weird but i will say the hooky thing that's become he leans into it now is like you see on Twitter, people make fun of like they'll say something, whatever, like about. But first, Pearl Jam. But first, Pearl Jam. You know what I mean? It's become his hook, right? Like, so it's mm-hmm. like, irregardless of the song, and he's he's too big to fail. He's like the Titanic, which did yeah. end up sinking. But it's like, uh, <laughs> yeah. So I, I agree, though. It's a weird, weird choice. Yeah, it, it does the opposite for me. Like, because I'm so excited to listen to Bill Simmons. Don't you skip it though? I mean, I, 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 I just skip it. Too. I just skip it, which uh, yeah, bums me uh, out yeah. though. Because it doesn't. And, and and this is like the the low bar though too. If you like something, you're probably gonna like it. Like Zach Lowe's spot. Like I, it's a weird sound effect. Like it's just, but and like and it's not even good. But I still like it because I'm excited to listen to Zach Lowe. Well, his right? is like it's like a, it's like a siren. It's getting you yeah. going. It's like it's almost like the start of something or like mm-hmm. like it's like air air raid is happening. You know what I mean? Like, and then he has the British woman doing the voice. Like, yeah, yeah he's got he's making some choices. That's what I like about the strings for your Mike Pesca theme song is because it's it's a weird choice at first where I'm like, mm-hmm. what? Interesting. But then I think that is kind of what we're talking about is sometimes the not obvious choice ends up becoming the well, it's sort of talk like the radio thing, that's the though, best part. too. So strings don't seem that yeah. out of left field, like that NPR kind of relaxing, mm-hmm. comforting vibe. Yeah, I wanted to really go for it too. Like I was because he actually had a bed track originally in the pilot that he sent me, which was just sort of like a very chilled out classic pod music, like synthy electronic drums, sort of just like modern 2000s sort of music, which I was like, "Ah, we could we go for it a little bit more. Like I wanted to feel like it's really important. And and the song uh, you made for dessert, even though you said it's more in the pop vein. To me, it feels very like punk and not. Sorry, I, I, I didn't mean not pop in terms of the pro- sonic production. I just meant in the structure. It's like here's a a verse and a chorus and a verse and a chorus with me singing. And the, the difference is that the Pesca song is obviously just an instrumental song, but it does but get yeah. people pumped. That theme song you made, I think it's the best. Like you couldn't have made a better song for what Thank we wanted. Thank you. Listen, I'm. So grateful, honestly, to be able to uh, participate in your TV show in that way, because it's like the it's so much fun to imagine, you know, it's like the thing you want to hear. Mm-hmm. Like, what is the thing you want to yeah. hear in the situation? And can you chase it down? Um, and with that, I want to hear about the rap party because because I, I know I did my executive producer job. And I did not show up, but I <laughs> did that the job? help. Well, you know, I did secure the venue, though. Yes, um, you did get us a location. Awesome you were yeah. great about that. Okay, guys. So before we get to the rap party, we're going to talk about a new sponsor we have on the pod, but not only on the pod, also on my feet. I'm talking about Kush booties. Max is holding them up right and now. In my hands. They also double as mitts. Oh, Shane's got his. Shane's a red. I'm wearing mine on my feet right now. I'm going to pull them up. Black. Black. They gave me yeah. red. I'm going to be honest with you guys. I'm gonna, can I tell you something personal yeah. about myself? Yeah, hit, hit us. My feet run cold. Okay. Oh, wow. <laughs> I wear socks to sleep in the wintertime. A lot of, uh, you know, partners have said, what are you doing with the socks, Max? It, mm. You know, do you really need to sleep with socks? I'm like, yeah, my feet are freezing. But last winter, I found a solution. It is literally like walking on a damn cloud. These things are so comfortable because I've never been a slippers person Me because I always find them to be a little 
awkward. It's like they're not as comfortable as they need to be, or they're, they can be, or they're too clunky. Am I wearing shoes in the house? Everything feels weird. This is perfect, and it also comes from Hamilton, Ontario. Yeah, you sleep in the booties though. Oh no, I know. I take off the booties okay. for for sleep, but yeah. I, I wear them around the house. Yeah, See, I great. need to sleep cold, but in the morning. Yeah. I'm too mm-hmm. cold. So I like to be cold and bundled when I sleep. But every morning I'm effing freezing. So then I throw <laughs> on my bath and booties and they get me perfectly warm. I have this crazy system in my house where when I come home from work, I put on my I put on Crocs. I walk around and that gives me like okay. stability to chase the kids around and have like like harder slipper. And then at nighttime, I put my baffins on mm. when I just want to be comfortable and like actually put the slippers on my couch. Mm. So it's really good because they're not too soft. They're not too hard and they keep you nice and warm. Here's a question. Has it caused friction in your marriage because they're so comfortable and your partner says, where are my baffins? Not yet. Uh, She hasn't mentioned the baffins yet, but I could see it causing friction. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, What about you, Mike? (laughs) (laughs) I think that should be the slogan of baffins. So comfortable. It'll cause friction in your marriage. That's good. (laughs) That's pretty good, right? That's very good. And the way you solve your marital issues, you just buy another pair for your partner. That's genius. Right? And if you want to buy another pair, you can go to (laughs) Paffin.com and type in the code BESTHANG30 and get 30% off. (laughs) That's our marketing angle with with every sponsor. Yeah. <laughs> buy a second thing to save yeah. your marriage. Uh, <laughs> buy baffins; it'll save your marriage. People are yeah. like, "What?" <laughs> Christmas is coming up. Throw them in the stocking. Done, and they take mm-hmm. up so much space that it takes. I'm going to make my stockings. Off. These ah, are going to be the stockings this year. The I'm going to put them up. Baffins are the stocking because they come in that yes. longer version, which we all have, yes. and then they have the shorter, like ankle mm-hmm. booties. I took Max's yeah. advice and went with the longer ones, which yeah. I think were the right choice for me. Mm-hmm. They're very comfy at nighttime after I get the kids down and I come down to watch some basketball uh, in sort of my my TV room. I throw the baffins on, I recline the couch, and it is like the best. I'm like so mm. comfy. It's probably my happiest place. Yeah, because people think that baffins are just like your grandfather's uh, big winter boot, which they are. And they're my winter boot as well. But they're on to new and exciting things with the Baffin Kush booties. So thank you very much for sponsoring the podcast. We highly recommend you get them because winter is coming. All right. Tell us about the wrap party. Yeah. From wrapping our feet in Baffins to the wrap party. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Mike, tell us about it. We did a wrap party. Uh, 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 You know, the show ended. And I guess so there's a couple things that happen. There's like, you know, you kind of want to do some maybe some premieres, which we're also going to do maybe something here in Hamilton and something in Toronto where we'll screen like a 40 minute version uh, of the show uh, for friends and family, industry people, et cetera, et cetera. But before that, what you do is you've been working so hard on these long days with cast and crew. There's so many departments, whether it's like, you know, art or makeup or the, the camera department, all these different people, producers, sort of line producers, everybody c- catering, everybody pitches in to sort of make a show like this happen. So when the show wraps principal photography, it's nice to have a wrap party that basically is like, thank you for the work. Let's all get together. Let's have a few drinks pat each other on the back and, and sort of say our goodbyes. Cause who knows when you'll see this sort of like makeshift family that you had again. Um, now at our particular party, we also wanted to maybe like screen a few preliminary sketches. Uh, we needed a place in Toronto. Cause even though we shot in Hamilton and there was a lot of Hamilton crew, there was also a lot of Toronto crew, like our whole camera department, everything, all the, everybody was in Toronto. So we ended up doing it there. We needed a place. 
It's like, who, who knows places in Toronto that might, you know, have a cool venue that's just available for us to go and have some drinks and enjoy ourselves. And I had to reach out to our EP and that was mm-hmm. Max Kerman. Uh, so yeah, I messaged you and Ash. I'm like, what do you guys, what do you know? You know, what's available? What, what do you got? Do you know anyone in the city that you can just sort of hit up? And you're like, leave it with me as you always do. And then you came back with the, uh, with the spot, put me in contact with Kurt at Boombox, and we were mm-hmm. rocking. That's okay. So you said that like 50 to 70 people were going to show up. Did that many people show up? Yeah. Or more. Yeah. I think it was, really? probably, I think it was like 60 or 70 at the end at, by the time it was all said and done. Well, and how late yeah, were you there? We went till two, Matt later than two, probably like, like, yeah, like we, we, like last call was done and then people were still kind of chatting as the sort of bar closed up. There was also a thing going on downstairs. There was like a five DJ. I don't know if it was a competition or what. So there was like a, a rock in Toronto party that was still booming downstairs mm. even after sort of our rap, our party wrapped. Um, but yeah, it was great. Like there's some people, I, it's funny. Cause like so many actors, like people that just did one day on the show, like earn like one sketch, they got the invite for it. So it was just funny seeing random actors that you'd seen like three weeks before. It's like, Oh yeah. Hey, what's up? You know, and enjoy a, a drink on us. But uh, Shane's mom came uh, with, uh. with uh, stepdad Brad because he's in a couple sketches. So uh, yeah, it was great. I don't know, Shane, what was your overall impression uh, of the party at the end of the day? It was awesome because the crowd is juiced. So you can be nervous showing some what are essentially rough cuts. We did spend all day trying to tweak the edits a little bit to make them a little more palatable for the audience. But to see everyone who's worked on the sketch show actually get a glimpse of the sketches and for them mm. to pop off in such a big way. I wish you were there, Max, because I know sometimes you get worried. You're like, are people going to like these sketches? I don't know. Shane's face is hateable or something like you have all these (laughs) theories and stuff. But if you saw how well it went, it would have quelled all all your fears. And now you're probably thinking, oh, well, send me what you showed. But it's just not the same when you (laughs) when you it's like when you see Superbad or American Pie or something more recent that I can't think of in theaters on opening night. And you're with all the audience laughing at the same time. It the power of influence it gives you to think that the material is so much better than it even may be. It's amazing. Should we like scrap the the plan to put it on Crave and just do only a theater only release? Theater releases. Wow. Yes. Well, which you know, come to the us. movies. This is meant to be seen in the movies. In person showings. Yeah, that's yeah. like this cool thing. That's what we were all talking about after the screening. It's like, uh, now we have to have a screening in Toronto. We have to do one in Hamilton. And I think mm-hmm. we probably will end up doing it just because it is so intoxicating to have that friendly audience hanging on every word. And the audio quality was dog shit. The video quality sucked too. It kept dying out. Every every five seconds, it would just dip to black for a second and oh, come no. back. And it, there were it would tech oft- issues. It would often do that at the worst time too. But since the audience has somewhat of a shorthand of what's going to be on screen, they filled in the blanks themselves mm. and it didn't prevent them from enjoying it. Yeah, and I just think that the vibe was like, like Shane said, everybody was so, I don't know, happy to be there, proud of the work they did. The, the video went over great, even with the technical issues, like people were like hooting and hollering and like legitimately like cackling out loud at moments that, you know, you didn't even know what was going to work or what wasn't going to work because they haven't, they only see it in pieces mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, you know, or they see sort of just like really raw takes if they're, if they happen to be on set for those, those ones. But um, yeah, it went great. And like Jillian and Bella, I think had like an amazing time and it was their first time seeing these sketches mm. as well. And that's one of the reasons we want to do like a Toronto screening because they're Toronto based. And so they have a bunch of friends and family that maybe won't make the trip to Hamilton. And we have a bunch of friends and family that maybe won't make the trip from Hamilton. So it's kind of like, 
it'd be nice to do it in both. And we think that there'd be enough interest, but absolutely. Um, yeah. It was great to see like Jillian Bella get to see them and sort of be excited and, and uh, yeah, good vibes. Just felt like good vibes. There was a That's blooper awesome. reel that went well too. Bloopers. Mm. People like bloopers. We love a blooper. That's awesome. Well, I'm excited to uh, send me some more stuff, man. I want to, I want to watch it. Yeah, I think we just need it when we need you to see it when we need you to see it. Because right now we almost have anything you say we would probably know. But I want you Mm -hmm. to see it with fresh eyes where you could actually point out things we might not catch. Okay. Well, I'm I'm coming back uh, next week and I'm going to continue to work on the music. So uh, I know there's a few more few more songs I need to get done. So stand by for that. Yes, that's great. Mark just edited the sketch with that amazing song you made with the uh, the female vocalist. Oh yeah, yeah, nice. Yeah, so he he says that one turned out really well. Oh, good. Did you see that? That just came. That he just sent a link to that. Oh no, he's call. He's been calling me a lot. I, I didn't see that. I'm, oh. I'm on the phone that yeah. he's sending the links. I see you keep hitting buttons. All right, that's it. That's all. That is our episode. Thank you so much to our listeners listening. Thank you, Nathan Nash, putting together. Thank you, Manager Ash, for doing everything else. Guys, that was a good hang. Maybe the best. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.